Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and eBooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Welcome back to the podcast. I missed you guys. The past week has been crazy for me. I just got back from the first wellness realness retreat in Austin, Texas, and it was honestly the one of the best weekends of my life. I had so much fun. I can't even tell you guys. I left feeling so inspired. I'm pretty tired just because putting on a retreat is a lot of work, but emotionally I felt rejuvenated and The women who came were just so incredible, and we all got really close in just a few days. I really don't have any words to describe it, so it was just an amazing weekend, and I think I would really love to do more of those in the future because, ugh, I mean, I just, I can't even, I can't even describe it. We did a lot of different things. We were pretty active. We went on plenty of walks around Austin and just the neighborhood. We worked out at on it the facilities are really cool that was fun we got nutrient drips from msw lounge they're amazing in austin and we did facials and a skincare talk nutrition talk digestion cooking class with kelly from kelly's clean kitchen we had a ton of delicious food we went to picnic so much but the best parts of it in my opinion were all the parts that we couldn't show on social media so a lot of the self work we did it was pretty intense and just a lot of emotions were brought up a lot of crying from everyone which was great that emotional release was amazing and I think everybody left feeling really bonded I know I did I want to stay close with those women forever And I just feel so grateful that I get to do amazing things like that as part of my job. So much fun. And I would love to meet more of you guys and just keep building those in real life connections. It's so much different than on social media. And yeah, it was incredible. And also I had so many amazing brands help me put it together. So shout out to all my favorite brands. And we also had some really killer goodie bags and one of the products is actually one of the sponsors of this podcast Somnifix so if you guys haven't heard about Somnifix you definitely need to give it a try this is mouth tape and so many people have basically transformed their sleep by starting to use mouth tape at night and Somnifix is specially designed to be hypoallergenic it doesn't hurt when you take it off it pops off pretty easily if you just open your mouth up and it has a little breathable vent in front so don't worry about suffocating you you won't if, if you need to train yourself you can kind of just part your lips a little bit and breathe through the strip at first until you get used to it 
But the reason mouth taping is so amazing is because it forces you to breathe through your nose, which helps to keep you in that parasympathetic rest and digest state. A lot of us are caught up in our sympathetic state, our fight or flight, and oftentimes people wake up in the middle of the night because they kind of kick back into that sympathetic mode rather than staying in the parasympathetic state all night long. And this also impacts just your daily life. So not only does it help you get a really good night's sleep, it can also help with snoring or drooling if you deal with that. But you'll get a really, really awesome night's sleep, a good night's rest, but it also affects how you feel the next day. It can help you have so much more energy during the day. It can help with focus, memory. This also helps to improve your immunity and it can impact your, your fitness as well, your overall health. I've actually noticed a huge difference in in my workouts since doing this because I breathe differently and I kind of, this is something that in general I've been diving more into, just the breath and different, different types of breathing during the day. I realized that I tend to not breathe much during the day and then at night I was breathing through my mouth and I also breathe a lot more through my mouth than my nose and just trying to breathe more so through my nose has helped relax me in general a bit more than I usually am. So this is really, really awesome. It's such a simple life hack, but it will totally transform your sleep. So definitely make sure you check it out. You can go to somnifix.com or check them on Amazon. And if you use the code CRWSLEEP, that will get you 15% off of your first box. So definitely check it out. It's also a great gift for people and something that it's just so easy to add that in to your sleep routine and you'll just get such a better night's sleep and sometimes it takes some time to adjust to it. So you might find the first week you use it, you're finding the tape in weird places, you removed it during the night without realizing it, but your body gets used to it and then you could never go back. Like I have been traveling so much, I'm going to be traveling a bit more and I well, I, I can't not have my Somni fix. I, there's been a few nights in the past month or so where I didn't wear it at night and I just woke up feeling horrible, to be quite honest. So definitely check out the Somni fix. Again, you can use the code CRWSLEEP for 15% off. And if you try it out, take a picture, tag me. I love seeing when you guys try it out. So that was one product that was in the goodie bags that Everybody was super excited about because not all of them had tried the Somni Fix yet. So that was fun. But overall, it was just an amazing weekend. I feel like I can't even, I haven't even processed everything that happened. And it's been a pretty quick turnaround for me because I got home on Monday, last Monday. I'm trying to think, you'll, you'll be hearing this on a Monday. So I got home last Monday and then I'm left again. At this point, I will have been gone. I left again um, Thursday morning. I am taking a break for a bit. I need a vacation. So I went up to our family cabin and I'm going to stay up there for about two weeks or so. And during that time, I'm also going to be doing a social media detox with the women in my Paleo Women Lifestyle Program, which is my group coaching program, also available as an online course. I highly recommend you check it out. People ask me where to start, what to do. That program... If you sign up for that program, you basically have all of the nutrition lifestyle information you need to really transform your health. And no matter, this is the thing, I've seen a lot of clients and no matter what health issue you're dealing with, it all starts 
with the same thing like you have to get your nutrition in check your digestion in check your stress management in check your lifestyle factors in check your sleep your movement everything your personal care products you need to check all those bases and then see where your health is at and then from there then you see what's left because a lot of people find that a lot of these symptoms they're dealing with when they just get all of those different things in check it, it balances out and a lot of other symptoms go away and they don't even have all the health issues they used to think they had. So I just compiled all the information. I'm like, this is what I would want all my clients to ever know into a, a program, into a course, and you can go ahead and you can go online right now and sign up for it. It's at bit.ly slash lifestyle or my website. And you can do the online course all at your own pace, a ton of different audio lectures, video lectures, downloadable PDFs for you to go through. Super great. Um, and that's available all the time, the self-study online course. And then every once in a while, I run a group program where you get to be put in a Facebook group with us. We do live video calls, all of that jazz. I don't know when I'm running another one of those again. Probably not for a bit. But in the meantime, the girls who are in the program right now who are in the group section and I decided we want a social media detox that's longer because we did a a weekend long one together a few weeks ago and I think everybody felt like it was amazing and I felt like it was amazing too so now we're going to do a week long one and if you want to join in on it you definitely should. I think sometimes things like that are easier to do as a group and we are going offline from August 25th to September 1st and I'm encouraging people to adjust it to whatever they need. So I know for me personally, emails and technically social media, but it does really frustrate me. So I'm also going to be taking a detox from emails for that week and going to go off of Instagram, Facebook. I don't use Twitter or Snapchat, but yeah, all of those. So if you want to join in and do it along with our group, do it. It's fun to do it as a group. So that's going to be August 25th through September 1st. I still will have a podcast episode going out that week. I'll pre-record, but that's about it. I'm just warning you in advance so you don't think I just dropped off the face of the earth. I'm still alive, probably living my best life. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, but not really. I mean, I love social media, but... I think that a lot of times we've gone too far with it and we need breaks, we need detoxes, and I know I personally need some time to just kind of be with myself, decompress, and I'm very excited for this break. So, yeah, that's kind of the update there. Anyways, let's just talk about my incredible guest, Christina Kerp. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Christina is one of my favorite people, not only because she shares my name, but also just because she cracks me up. She is such a fighter. She is so wise, so entertaining, so real. One of the realest humans I know. She is so genuine and just... I mean, the way she is on social media, that's exactly how she is in real life. We met, actually, the last time I was in Austin at PLFX. We met for the first time in person. And, I mean, she's just a force to be reckoned with, and I love all the things she's doing. So she is the blogger behind the Castaway Kitchen, where she shares so many incredibly delicious recipes and also some other posts about health information. And she has a really awesome story about overcoming her autoimmune disease, healing her gut, 
And she recently released a book called Made Whole, which I am so beyond impressed with. I can't even tell you. At the time of recording this episode, I hadn't seen the book yet. And since then, I have gotten the book. And it is my favorite cookbook ever. And I I can't even wrap my head around what she did with this. So there's over 145 recipes that are all paleo, all keto, and AIP friendly. And I mean, I've said this so many times, but so I've tried to do keto. So I'm, I always eat a paleo diet. I've tried to do, um, keto while AIP. I'm, I'm, I was mostly over the past few years, mostly keto, um, more often than not. And there was a period of time where I was trying out AIP and I basically could not do it because I just felt like I was so limited, like in terms of fat and I was getting really repetitive and I was getting bored and what she has done like making that many recipes that are all look so incredibly delicious I'm just so impressed and I think this is a game changer and just a true testament to how you know people see these types of healing diets and think oh it's so restrictive no 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 you need to get this book because it'll change your life so I am just so proud of her and inspired by her and think you definitely need to check it out. It's a cookbook where you'll actually make the meals. Like I have I have a few cookbooks and I don't actually make anything um, from most of them. There are some that I do and that's how I know that it's a great book is if I actually want to make the food and I actually do. And hers is one that I actually would make the food. It's realistic. A lot of it's super easy, nothing too complicated. And then she also has fancier dishes in there as well. And you would never know that it's autoimmune friendly, that it's keto, it's paleo. I mean, I think everyone will love it. So I have nothing but amazing things to say about that book. And about Christina in general, this conversation is really fun. We kind of cover everything having to do with her healing journey. She's super inspiring. And we also have some social media real talk in there, which I love. I love how she's just straight to the point and... I, I just have nothing but wonderful things to say about her. So make sure you give her some love. I think you guys are going to truly, truly love this episode. And let's just hop right into it. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. It took everything in me to hold that in until we started recording. <laughs> yeah, I know. 33. It's, 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 I think it's going to be a good year. I like three. Three is a good number for me, you know? Three is my favorite number, actually. I was just talking to somebody about that. It's your favorite number, too? Yeah. That means that it's going to be a good year. I think it is. I mean, I'm one of three sisters. My mom's one of three sisters. I lived in a number three apartment for, like, forever in Miami when I was single. It's, like, my place. And, um, yeah, things happen in threes. I think it's just in general for me. And, like, you know, I'm a family of three because there's three of us. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really excited um, and super cool. I got my book today in the mail, which is like the best birthday present ever. Congratulations. I Thank cannot you. wait to get my copy. It's I'm epic. very excited for it. We need to dive all into that. I know people can't see it. But yeah, let me see it. Oh, that is a, like a, that is a textbook. <laughs> but it doesn't read like one. I, don't. I think people are going to see it and be like, oh, hell no. I don't want an encyclopedia. It's huge, but um, it's very, it's very me. So it kind of like reads how I talk and um, lots and lots and lots of pictures. So I can't wait to read it. Um, before we, I want to get into that, yeah. but I mean, we, tell me, do you feel different today? Did you wake up feeling like a new woman? Cause it's your birthday. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I think I mentioned this to you. Like, you know, once you have a kid birthday <laughs> cease to belong to you, I yeah. saw them make him breakfast and stuff. 
but it was cute. Like he got me a card that was like a little avocado card and it's like, mom, use block. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't feel different. I, we're, we're mid transition. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've got like insane stress levels going on in general, which in, so I'm not feeling the best. I would say like, I wish I could be like, today's the best day ever. I'm I'm like, so on my game. I'm like, no, I'm actually kind of stressed out and my body's not happy about it, but no, but we're good. We're going to go out to dinner with friends, which is nice. And good. Well, it's always a good day when you don't have to wear pants. Right. That is true. I mean, with our line of work, though. I know. On. Do you ever really need pants? Exactly. No, you don't. You definitely don't. You definitely oh, my don't. gosh. Well, I am, like, so ha- – I mean, I'm honored that you wanted to podcast on your birthday. So yeah. thanks. It's so yes. fun. It's, I love – honestly, they're so fun for me. Like, they make me happy. So I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah, they are a lot of fun because we get to talk about all of the things. Um, yes. And it's even better. I love when I get to chat with someone who I'm, like, already friends with, you know. Yes. So – but for people who maybe don't know you, Christina, yes. can you maybe tell a little bit about what you do, who you are? Give us some yeah. background. Okay, background. So I blog over at the Castaway Kitchen which is, I guess I have health and wellness website, really recipe heavy. I mean, I have a lot of resources, um, but recipes are my jam. I used to be a restaurant chef. And so that's definitely where I feel most comfortable being like, this is how to cook stuff and make it taste really good. Um, What's cool is that I've been able to apply chef skills to restrictive, otherwise would be restricted eating. Cause I have like, I've had to troubleshoot a lot of health issues with diet um, and lifestyle changes um, which is what my blog chronicles. Um, mm-hmm. So through AIP and elimination diets and Whole30s and paleo and then lowering carbs and then keto, but then keto, but without nuts or dairy and, or nightshades and all this, you know, those things. Um, I've been able to really cook yummy food, exciting food, and it's made the whole process easier. So I get to do that and share it with people so they're able to succeed. So they don't feel bored or stuck or lonely or like deprived because no one like, you know, we at some point you have to eat food that like is exciting to you. Like we can only survive on the convenient fast. It's fulfilling the nutritional needs stuff. I think for so long before we're like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, bang my head against the wall if I have to eat the same thing again. And so, um, I like to really inspire people on just, um, I kind of, uh, I'm kind of a cheerleader (laughs) for Mm -hmm. people who have chronic health issues. And I'm always like, I know diet doesn't fix everything, but if you mix, like mix and mash diet and lifestyle, it's such a powerful healing combination. Um, I just can't say enough about it. And so I try to do that without annoying people. Um, you don't annoy people. You're so real about it, which is why I love you so much. And I love, I want to get into the whole like no excuses thing really, because I mean, I think that, you go like your recipes show that if someone has to be on a quote restricted diet, it doesn't have to be restrictive at all because right. you can make anything in the kitchen, anything. really, which yeah. is really impressive. But like, let's back up for a second and talk about where it all started. Yes, I know you struggled with like autoimmunity um, and your own health issues. Can you like share a little bit about your own health journey? Yeah, definitely. So I am like textbook. Um, leaky gut. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm an you know 80s baby, and they didn't know what that stuff was back then. But 
when I look back now at my health growing up and just the things that I lived with my whole life, chronic constipation, like recurring strep throat, bronchitis, ear, nose and throat infections, digestive issues. Um, as a kid, I was on so many antibiotics. I was on soy formula. I was a C- I mean, C-section. There's a lot of things that I think just like compounded into being really predisposed to leaky gut. Um, and then in my teens, I developed hydrogenitis superativa, which was like some medieval autoimmune disease. It's like you get boils on your skin and it's painful and it's embarrassing and no one wants to talk about it. Um, and I lived with that for, oh my God, like almost 20 years before I learned that it was autoimmune because dermatologists don't tell you that. They're like, oh, you have to clean better. Or, oh, here's some antibiotics. Or here, take some steroids. And you're like, what the? You know, it's (laughs) detrimental to your self-esteem, to like everything. Um, And when I had my son, pregnancy, for those who don't know, makes everything worse. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like health-wise at least, like anything you have going on is going to get magnified after you have the baby because your body is just so depleted after you give birth um, that it just, and the hormone roller coaster. And so that happened to me where it went, what? Um, I think the stress of pregnancy, like I had a great pregnancy and I had a great late birth, you know, it was very, everyone happy, healthy family. But in the months that followed, my inflammation was insane. I mean, I was achy. I was brain fog. I was like a zombie more so than the average, just mom. Like it was cause it was, he was two years old and I was still in shambles, you know? Um, and my skin condition got worse. It started spreading to different parts of my body and I gained like 40 pounds and I didn't gain weight during my pregnancy in the years after my son, I put on 40 pounds to already an overweight body. Cause I've kind of struggled with my weight my whole life. And so that's when I hit that moment of like, I was about to turn 30. So this was three years ago. And I was like, this cannot be 30. (laughs) Like I am leaving my twenties and I feel like I'm going to die any day now. Like I feel like I could die. And I I felt like that. Like I felt I won't make it to my forties. This is, I cannot live like this. And so I did a whole 30 and that was the catalyst. (laughs) That was the beginning. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. I, I want to go back to it's so interesting okay it's just so interesting to me because you roll through all this like you have lived life you have gone through a lot and you're just like rolling through that story like oh I did this and that and like just one of those things would knock me off my feet um so let's talk about the skin condition I never, what is it? Hydrogenitis superativa. Hydrogenitis superativa. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. Because this is something that not many people know about. I mean, I don't know about it. Well, Um, because people don't talk about it because it's really embarrassing. Um, So to go into detail on that, it's, so you get like boils and abscesses, but unfortunately they don't always come alone. So people get groups of them and then they tunnel and so you literally have these like inflamed swollen clusters that are tender and they hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get people get them in very delicate areas, like under your arms, under your breasts, on your inner thigh, growing buttocks. I mean, like some people get like I know women who get them like on their labia. Mm-hmm. Um, some people get them on their chest or their scalp. Um, very few can, you know, sometimes on their back. But the most common places are like think about places that fold, mm-hmm. you know, like where um, there's sweat glands. And so it's they don't really know what it's caused. Some people say there's like a theory where it's like the hair follicle is what like the auto, like what your immune system is attacking that's getting inflamed. But unfortunately when it's like bad, 
these boils, sometimes they come to head and they'll open and there's literally like gaping wounds that don't close for months at a time and they seep. And sometimes there's foul odors and people like they stain their clothing, their bed sheets. I mean, there's people on disability because there's people who get entire areas of their bodies cut out. Like the surgeons literally remove the layers of skin, all the affected areas and they leave horrendous scars. And sometimes it still comes back. Wow. Um, it's crazy. How did, so how did you figure out what this was? So I went to a dermatologist, like any kid, I was a teenager Uh and I'm like, mom, what the hell? It was like on my inner thigh. And I mean, I grew up in Miami, like shorts and bikinis and all that stuff. And at first I was like, is it from like ingrown hairs? Like I'm Latin, you know, we got that black hair, (laughs) who knows? And so they told me what it was, but they didn't tell me that, you know, they just said put creams or put this. So I lived with this through my twenties. So if you want to like bring in another aspect of having a skin condition like this, navigating teenagehood and your 20s when you're trying to date and like, you know, sex and people and boys and beach parties and all that, you know, enter drugs and alcohol, which is my, was my coping mechanism in my youth. Um, yeah, I also like I didn't have sex sober ever. I don't think I don't know until I was married, I swear, because I was so self-conscious about it. Uh, it really impacted all my relationships. I had horrible relationships because of it, because it's hard. Like, how do you tell a 20 something year old? How do you talk about that? Yeah. How are they going to understand? It's not an STD. It's not, you know, contagious. You can't. It's, it, it was so just, it was like a, a, the, my avoidance tactic, which I, people are always like, how do, because I know so many people message me that their kids have it. And they're like, they want, how do they, how do they navigate that? I'm like, I don't have any good advice. I did all the wrong things. Yeah. I mean, that's really hard. I can't even imagine. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I, built up a wall and didn't do like relationships literally because I was embarrassed of my acne. And that is something that's so, I look back and like, that's so silly. And then I can't imagine having this in such private areas when you're already like something like sex, right? It's like such an intimate experience, whether or not you have this insecurity there in those private areas. So I can't even imagine, I mean, would you, did you like say anything about it before or would you just like get drunk and be like all right I'm just gonna pretend like this is happening <laughs> exactly mostly to get drunk and like just not discuss it uh-huh. or just just really good at like um being kind of in control of the situation I guess I would put it like position or like I wouldn't like you know you could take off your underwear but not your skirt or like band-aids so many band-aids band-aids everywhere um and if they asked it'd be like oh it's an ingrown hair or you know I had one person when this is what when I was already older so of course as you get older it's more intimate because you know it's like when you're like in younger sex is just awkward anyway <laughs> right true but, but you know in my 20s I remember there was someone who was like full-blown like hey let's like what you know and I explained it and they're like they didn't care it was like no big deal but it was still because of my own psychosis like I don't care if someone looked at it and said I don't care because like my husband oddly enough I think with him, because I was like, I don't want to repeat my same cycle of like, you know, ruining this. I kind of sensed that he was a good one. Mm-hmm. We waited to have sex until we were in love, like for real. Mm-hmm. And then I talked, we had a conversation about it and he didn't care. And he was like, yeah, who cares? Whatever. He's like, I have some scars here. You know, everyone has skin stuff. And he was amazing. But it didn't matter if he, I knew he accepted it. If I was having a flare, I wouldn't want to have sex or I would shy away or I'd just feel uncomfortable. Um, so... It, it just feels, it feels so nice to be able, you know, with my husband to not have to worry about that anymore because I am in remission mm-hmm. um, and there are scars everywhere, mm-hmm. lots of scars, 
the scars don't go away. They're dark. I'm, I mean, I'm tan, so my scar tissue is like purple. But I don't give a shit. I go to the beach. I go to the pool. I wear bathing suits. If people ask me, they ask me. I'm kind of like whatever at this point. Yeah. But. Oh, and you're so like now you're so confident and self-assured and willing and open to talk about all of this. But like, was there a moment or a time period where you reach this acceptance? Like what helped you get there? You know, um, first of all, the most empowering moment I think of my adult life was when I read this post on Rob Wolf's website by Tara Grant, that was like someone saying, A, I have this and B, I know his website's like changed everything. I know. You guys can't see, but I'm like pumping my fist. <laughs> Rob Wolf. Rob Wolf. Thank you, man. Um, so he had a, yeah, and she's saying I have HS and saying everything I had and, and saying that, oh my gosh, it's food related. Like, you, like not that food causes it, but you can heal through food. Mm-hmm. It's caused by leaky gut. It's auto-inflammatory. It's autoimmune. I I was like, hold on, what? Come again? Like I've seen doctors for decades and no one said this to me. I was, I was actually kind of mad. Um, and when I finally got like my, my co Jones together to do the AIP, cause it took me a while. I didn't, I wasn't like, Oh my God, I'm going to dive right into this. It scared me. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, no nightshades. What? Um, but once I started seeing the correlation and seeing the improvement, I felt a lot better. Um, I still didn't feel that confident to talk about it openly because I feel like I had to prove myself. Like, is the science experiment going to work before I like tell people it worked, you know, Mm -hmm. before I tell people. Um, but I had like my blog post that I talked about it, which is when I first went public was called like coming out. It was like my coming out because I, I had friends calling me that I mean, people I've known since I was five and six and eight years old. And they're like, how did we not know? I'm like, that was my full-time job. And I had ex-boyfriends call me up and be like, no shit. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very impressive. I hit it a lot. But it, imagine how much mental space that was taking up all yeah. the time. Oh, well, I feel like that would really, if, I mean, imagining if that was me, I would like form that as part of my identity almost. Like I'm the girl with the skin condition. And right. I'm like, that would take up my whole life hiding that. Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, it was really... God, it was really, really bad. I mean, it, it was just so stressful um, dealing with that and, and thinking about that all the time. Yeah. You know? and I remember being on, yeah. No, I'm just like thinking about, you know, we think of autoimmunity as like typically invisible illnesses. Mm-hmm. And that brings on a whole other host of issues because it's like people don't take you seriously because they can't see it. But this is like autoimmunity is difficult to deal with on its own. And now you have this physical manifestation Right. That's bringing on a whole new level. Oddly enough, and this is a, this is a weird, like, I guess, I guess I'm fortunate in a way. So I never had, never, I never, never suffered from acne on my face. Never. I always had, I've always had very healthy skin on my face and otherwise on my arms. You can't, you can't see it when I'm clothed. Right. Mm -hmm. And even at my worst. And that was interesting too, because technically people wouldn't see it. I mean, unless we were like on, you know, in the beach or something. And even then I would wear shorts or whatever. But, um, when I tell people, or I tried to tell people I have a skin condition, they'd look at me and say, but you have beautiful skin. Yeah. And I'm like, well, like, then how do I, I'm like, not, nah. like, let me wanna... pull my pants down. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I see. I mean, God, such a journey. So it wasn't until you were much older and it wasn't really until you started to see some relief through diet that you started to really become okay with like, this was my journey and mm-hmm. sharing it. What, I mean, looking back, if you could talk to yourself when you were a teenager, what would you tell yourself? 
Oh my gosh. To make different like lifestyle choices. I think that I just went in all the wrong ways when I to like to cope. I didn't, um, first of all, I had no idea that it was, I think I, I, I think I made it worse. Like I didn't know I was making it worse, but like mm-hmm. instead if I would have known that like leading a healthy lifestyle, I could have nipped it in the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, I, you know, I mean, I used to smoke cigarettes and like drink every week. And I smoked so much weed when I was young um, and other things. I grew up in Miami, people like, mm-hmm. you know, like the movies, they're they're true. Um, <laughs> wow. Like, like it's I mean, for some people, that was my reality, like the bottles on the weekends and like Coke. And that was I mean, there was a decade of hard drugs. and I mean, I was in college and I was an otherwise successful person. I had my own apartment. I kept up with my bills. I had got good grades, but on the, my nightlife was not healthy. And it was my coping mechanism where everything revolved around going out, getting dressed. There was a lot of makeup, a lot of his crazy outfits and like, you know, not healthy relationships with, (laughs) with people. Um, even friendships. I had a lot of toxic relationships in my life. And I just think I was undeserving of love. I'm deserving of like actual connection, you know? Mm-hmm. What and, got you out of that cycle with the drugs and the alcohol? Um, I think it was, well, we moved to San Diego. I met my husband, which we met at a club. Um, he's in the Navy. So obviously he wasn't like, you know, doing drugs, but we still drank a lot. And we met, you know, that was our thing. We go to happy hour, all that. Um, and people ask me now a lot, they're like, Oh, I don't see you really drink. And I'm like, no, I don't. Um, we've been pretty much a sober house for a, a, almost two years now. I will, if it's a special occasion, like I never, I, I feel like I was really lucky in the sense that while I used those things as a coping mechanism in my twenties, I don't have an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. So I could just stop. Right. Um, like when I got pregnant, it was like no big deal. Like cigarettes never smoked again, ever, ever. And it doesn't bother me. Right. Okay. Um, I think what really broke the cycle was when like moving to San Diego, kind of having a fresh start and not feeling these pressures. Like San Diego was so relaxed. I love California. Um, and just come back here. I know I want to, (laughs) um, that, you know, we were still partying and stuff, but not as much. It was definitely just more healthy, like a healthier, you know, um, version of, of a social life that revolved around that. And then I had my son and I became a mom and I kind of got lost in the mom blurb, like, life that's like just not sleeping and tired and you don't want to go anywhere and you have like spit up on your shirt all the time. <laughs> Glamour. Um, it was fabulous. But I always thought at that point we would go back. We'd be those cool hit parents having parties on the weekends. No, because then I, Jack was two and he was finally getting a little more dependent and I did that whole 30 and I found this, I went down that wormhole after that Rob Wolf website. I never came out. I'm still there. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't interest me that kind of life anymore. Like, so... I mean, I like that that hole. So let's talk. Yeah, let's talk more about like the journey to kind of getting into remission. Um, So the first thing you tried was AIP. Is that correct? So I did a whole thirty first. You did, yeah. When it came to, and I knew it was geared toward getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, I had done paleo back in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. with a holistic doctor in Miami. Um, but granted, I like was still partying, right? So I was eating paleo foods, but I don't think vodka is paleo. Mm. Um, <laughs> no. And so it, it didn't really, I lost weight, but it didn't like, I didn't get healthy, right? Um, so I didn't, I, I kind of did the AIP, I did Whole30, and then I did paleo, and I was trying to dabble in like not using nightshades, but I was like kidding myself because I was, 
like I wouldn't cook with tomatoes or peppers or potatoes or eggplant, but I'd use like cayenne on my food. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was in denial. I didn't want to give them up. I think the spices are the hardest part. They are the hardest part. Paprika is so delicious and it's yeah. in everything. Mm-hmm. It's in everything. Yeah. Um, but I finally bit the bullet. I did the AIP. Um, I did that in the protocol and I did that for like six months, the elimination phase. Um, and I think first thing I well, I think that actually I'm thinking about this. I don't think I've ever talked about AIP on this podcast before. You should uh, talk about it on Straight Up Paleo. Can you explain to people what AIP is? Yeah, AIP is the autoimmune protocol or autoimmune paleo. And it's pretty much the gold standard of elimination diets. Like if you have a food sensitivity or intolerance, honestly, more accurate than any blood test would be this this elimination diet, which eliminates all possible inflammatory foods, like foods with you know nuts, seeds, eggs, coffee, chocolate, grains, gluten, processed foods, any kind of wheat, any kind of dairy, butter, ghee, all of it, um, peas, green beans, it's all gone, no peanuts, nothing, um, pretty much any foods that are prone to permeate the gut lining, any like, you know, dairy, right, any foods that um, have high levels of anti-nutrients, um, they're all gone, and so the point is to help your gut heal, and also just not have any food seeping through your leaky gut, and then activating your overactive immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a chance to see remission, to reduce inflammation, and then once you're at that spot where you're, you don't necessarily have to be hundred percent in remission before reintroducing, but you have to be like quantifiable results where you're like, okay, I'm going three months without flares versus like weekly, that kind of thing. Um, then you add foods in one at a time. Like eat it one day, small amount, second day, bigger amount, third day, full portion, wait two days. Mm -hmm. And then you like take notes. (laughs) And then if you know reaction, then you can add it back in safely and you do that. And it takes the reintroduction phase takes forever because um, I don't think I'm like out of mine yet. I would say like I still haven't reintroduced some foods mostly because I'm just still pretty certain they make me react. Um, Like what? Nightshades. So you haven't tried reintroducing those? Well, I, I haven't, but I felt like I accidentally did. Like I, I've handled them. Like, you know, I I was really going to try or I've cooked with them and I now get a contact reaction where I get itchy. Wow. With all of them? Yeah. So far. That's so So, interesting. Yeah. And then I've eaten, I've been like dosed, you know, because they're hard to avoid like when I'm out and I still notice a reaction. So while I didn't do my own actual experiment, Mm -hmm. if I were to reintroduce, my first one would be like a homegrown or like really organic, like market fresh tomato Mm -hmm. would be, that's what I miss the most. Like the yellow ones, the heirlooms. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're not doing nightshades. Did you, were there any other foods that you tried to reintroduce that? don't do well with you gluten, which well, I feel yeah like, I know but everyone but it's true but some people try some people are able to reintroduce it so I would say I do well I can do some grains and I can do some beans I just choose not to because I like to live a paleo lifestyle I know that I do feel like I I drink the Kool-Aid guys I think ancestral health is the way to go I do think we're better without grains in our diet like Same. I know <laughs> you know people are like oh but if you can eat it I'm like eh but we can eat it, but we don't need it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's cool to have the option, yo. If I'm at, like, a restaurant, they're like, oh, this is great roasted chicken with some fava beans. I'm like, sweet, I'll have it. Because mm-hmm. if I can get gluten-free, dairy-free, and nightshade-free at a restaurant, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, true. That's super hard. Um, oh. What about nuts and seeds? Are you fine with those? Eh, so-so. So I, I kind of went, like, super happy. I, I was able to reintroduce them, and I was doing really well. And then I think I overdid them. Yeah. Um, 
almonds and I kind of like have, love each other too much. Mm-hmm. You can just make the best. Like almond meal is so good for baking. Yeah. It was so I went a little almond meal crazy, especially when I went low carb. I think, and a lot of people do that because you're craving the carb, so you just make low carb versions of what you're craving. But they're like bad for you. And I wouldn't say bad. Bad's not the word. They're just they're just not optimal, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're getting this like. I mean, think about how many almonds would be in like half a cup of almond meal. You know, that's a lot mm-hmm. of actual like whole almonds. And so, and this almond meal isn't sprout. It's not like, you know, sprouted or activated. So it's high phytic acid. And I got to the point where I was getting migraines from almonds. Okay. I can, I can eat like Jill's crackers now and I'm fine. But if I try and do like a baked good with almond meal, it's too much for me. Um, I could do cashews. Yay! I love cashews. Yeah, they're so good. Well, also explain to people what type of reactions you're looking for because I think people always just look for the very obvious ones. Right. Like skin stuff or like my stomach is killing me. But it can be much more insidious, you know? Before Christina talks about what you're looking for when it comes to food intolerances, I need to take a quick break and chat about this week's podcast sponsor four sigmatic you guys know i love four sigmatic elixirs they are delicious i've been using four sigmatic products since i was in college for about three years now and i don't think that they're ever going to be something i can live without if you're not familiar with four sigmatic like i mentioned they have a whole line of mushroom elixirs, mushroom superfood blends, mushroom coffees. They're just trying to make mushrooms and superfoods really easy and delicious to consume and enjoy because we're finding out more and more about all of the health benefits of this whole kingdom of mushrooms that we have. It helps so much with immunity, energy, longevity, a huge range of health benefits that you can get from consuming these regularly. And they're just super delicious when they come from Four Sigmatic. And you can use them very easily. I like to just pour the powder into hot water and mix it up and drink it like that. If I want something a little more indulgent, delicious, I'll mix it with some warm nut milk. Maybe top it off with some cinnamon. Super delicious. I also have a smoothie recipe up on my website where you can use the mushrooms the superfood blend in that one which is great or just toss it into any smoothie so so delicious and I rotate through a bunch of their different products but one that I want to talk about is chaga I actually just got off of a podcast with Darren Oline, who founded Bruca's Nuts, and he's friends with Taro, the founder of Four Sigmatic, and we were talking all about mushrooms, and Darren's dog is named Chaga, which is amazing, but he was talking about how Chaga is one of his top superfoods to include in anyone's diet, and Chaga is great for overall well-being. It is king when it comes to antioxidants, so If you want to have antioxidant support, I highly recommend you introduce some chaga. It's great to help support your immune function. And it's called the king of mushrooms for a reason, you know. So I like to drink this in the morning. 
it's really delicious. These elixirs are also a really great way to kind of get off of your coffee habit if you're trying to be conscious of your adrenals. It doesn't taste like coffee, but it kind of gives you that same vibe. Super delicious and I think all of these are really, really nourishing for the adrenals. These are a form of adaptogen, so it helps your body respond well to stress, which is another reason why one of my other favorites is their Reishi, their Reishi elixir. That's their anti-stress one. Also helps support sleep. I love having that one before I go to sleep at night. So I highly recommend you check those out. Or if you can't kick your coffee habit, but you just want coffee without the jitters, I recommend consuming Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee mix. They have two different ones. They have one that is coffee mixed with cordyceps and chaga, one that is coffee mixed with lion's mane and chaga. So that's a really great way to kind of still have your coffee, but not overload your adrenals, not have any overstimulation helps balance things out a bit. That's a great option. And like I mentioned, these are so, so easy to use. You can just pour them into water and you're all good to go or warm nut milk it's delicious i have nothing but incredible things to say sorry if you get addicted i'm addicted i have been consuming these more than tea and anyone who knows me knows i am a huge tea person but i don't know they're just so warm and comforting and yummy and have so many health benefits. Not all teas have health benefits, but when I am having my four sigmatic elixirs, I feel like I am really boosting my immunity, supporting my longevity, helping to support my stress response. You know, we have lion's mane for brain function. There's just so many incredible health benefits. So if you're interested in checking out four sigmatic, then go to foursigmatic.com slash CRW. You can use my discount code CRW, which will get you 15% off of all purchases on the website. So I highly recommend you use that discount code. I think that these products are also a great gift for anyone. You know, sometimes people like to give fancy coffee or fancy tea. Go for a good Four Sigmatic box. It's really, really a great gift. And they also have a mushroom sampler box, which has an array of their different products so you can try different elixirs out different coffees so if you can't commit and you want to sample things get the mushroom sampler box so once again go to foursigmatic.com slash crw f-o-u-r-s-i-g-m-a-t-i-c.com slash crw use the discount code crw for 15 percent off and that also supports me because when you support products that i love and use that also helps support me in the show and you're also supporting your health, so why not? This is something that I truly believe in. I think it's delicious, and I love when you guys try these products out and tell me how much you love them too, so make sure that you let me know if you become a four sig addict like me, and we can bond over it. So yeah, okay, that's all I have to say about four sigmatic for today, so let's get back to Christina Kerp. Very true. Good point. So, and I'll tell you this, and I was thinking about this the other day. Um, my HS has been in remission for a while now, thank goodness. But I actually still have other symptoms that, like, they're my little red flags, and they're not full blown flares, but you kind of know, like, hey, this is like level one alert. You don't want to get to level three, so stop now. Um, anything from swollen joints, like red or swollen or painful joints. If you just get stiff after you eat something like that for me is enough to be like, no, thanks. Mm -hmm. Swollen gums. I mean, 
swollen gums if people just think it's like an oral hygiene stuff but if you like pretty much take care of your mouth but you're getting like bloody or tender gums that's that's that can be inflammatory and autoimmune um other i get migraines headaches like instantly like if you should not get a headache after you eat something that should not happen um even just burping too much if you're burping a lot after you eat certain foods you're not digesting them well um it does not have to be digestive distress so yeah for me my big ones are inflammation of any kind like joint skin um gum or um headaches or even like brain fog you know like oh do i feel lethargic or kind of like after i eat something like food should fuel you and make you feel awesome yes if you don't feel awesome after (laughs) you eat you're not eating something that's awesome for you yeah and it takes it takes being in tune with your body and your mind like i know for me a big one i i'll get emotional symptoms really badly like i will be i will get really depressed you know, after certain foods. And I know that those are my trigger foods. And I think a lot of times people who are kind of out of touch with their body and mood, they wouldn't even recognize that as a symptom. That's why I love elimination diets and yeah. especially the autoimmune protocol because it's so in depth. And part of that protocol, if any, anyone who gives you like, you know, talks about it, you have to journal your food and journal food and symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm sad. I'm this, I'm that. I'm stressed. I slept. I didn't. Um, and you start really connecting like that correlation is just, uh, you know, the correlation in terms of the causation. And you're like, holy crap, like this is causing that. And I know sometimes it takes people a few times to get it because you're like, it cannot be. Yeah, yeah. yeah it can. Yes, it is. <laughs> how, so you did, did you say six months on AIP? Yeah. Strict? Okay. And when did the low carb situation start to roll in? Because I want to talk about that for a sec. Yeah, yeah. Toward the end of that, actually, because I got to that point with the AIP, which is fabulous. But, and you'll hear me say this if you follow me. Um, I'm very big on like, you got to make your own program, Mm -hmm. essentially, like no one can hand you a program and be like, this will fix you. No, you have to, you have to be your own advocate. And AIP worked. I saw improvement. I didn't get full remission just with AIP. Um, I started realizing I kind of started correlating high starch meals with little baby flares um, or not feeling so well. And I was like, okay, so maybe I got to put down the yucca root (laughs) because I really like the yucca root. It's so good. (laughs) It's like that's comment away. on the plantains <laughs> yeah step away oh my girl i'm cuban plantains are like a food group i, I know like, like if i fried up two whole green plantains worth of plantain chips i would eat they're all of crack it. they're they're actual crack i can't go near them no right so <laughs> i started seeing those and then i was reading about small intestine bacterial overgrowth and how it feeds you know and i was feeling the bloating and just meh. um and that's kind of what I was like, okay, you know, like, let's try and go low starch, right? So I first, I, I, I still eating like some apples or um, some butternut squash, uh, but I gave up sweet potatoes and the other kinds of starches, right? Um, and I actually wrote a little ebook around that time, which is like 35 low carb paleo recipes. Cause I, I didn't even know the term keto back then. I was just mm-hmm. doing low carb paleo. Um, and I was like dabbling in like other sweeteners, which I didn't even know yet. Oh my God, gross. I think I used Truvia for a while, which what I don't know any better. I don't know. I was just trying to like bake, bake with like less carbs. Yeah. Um, I know. I used to use some weird sweeteners when I first, yeah, I didn't want to talk right. about it. We all, we all did it. We, went, we all went through it. <laughs> we all did it. Um, and then, yeah. And, and then I, you know, I read, so Primal Blueprint, Mark Sisson's work was really like really informative during that. Being like, oh cool like maybe paleo isn't meant to be such a starch bomb after all and like it's kind of cool doing this like you know varied more you know lower carb approach and I I like that and then I did Rob I read again Rob Wolf again um 
I love him so much. I know. I adore him. <laughs> um, I read A Wire to Eat. <clears throat> and I did the seven-day carb test outlined in that book, which is where you eat 50 grams of effective carbs and you test your blood sugar and you do this for a week with different types. And lo and behold, I was insulin resistant as fuck. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> You and the rest of America. <laughs> right, which of course, I always had a sweet tooth. I love carbs and not just carbs, carbs with fat. So it's like, which is of course, like kind of like the bad combination when you're insulin resistant because your body's like, oh, I'm going to use, you know, like one of those things is going to be turned into body fat or both. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. And then that was a big light bulb for me. We're like, okay, I have to do this low carb thing. I started reading. That's when keto started popping up on my radar and I was like, Mm, I don't know about that keto thing. People are like eating weird things. Like they're making nachos with pork rinds and there's cheese on everything. And I just don't know if that's okay for me. Yeah. Put off about what I saw online, especially coming from my like AIP, like little like haven of vegetables and organ meat. I was terrified. Um, but the haven of organ meat only (laughs) I feel like most people listening are like what the fuck is she talking about and I'm like yes as I ate like a pound of chicken hearts for breakfast today like (laughs) I've I've, I've thought oh my god Justin's like you just put $40 on pate there was a giant loaf of pate at Whole Foods that was dairy free and nightshade free and I bought it and I've been eating yes so good I'll send you the info yeah send me all the info now (laughs) so good um I've been eating that like every day but um yeah and so I was just so but eventually you know I I realized that keto there that that fat burning state Mm -hmm. is where I needed to be to be low carb and still have energy right because I was working out and so I was at that problem where I ended up was in a low carb paleo that didn't have enough fat and I like had no energy and I was trying to work out and I'm like why am I dying Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it was like, so I was like, okay, this keto thing, I get the science behind it. I think I can apply that to my situation and just kind of like, but it, it's very sciencey and overwhelming when you first read about it. Um, yeah. And this is, this is something that so many people run into is they think they're doing keto and they're low carb. And I'm like, I mean, it's different. It's not the same thing. Um, can you explain to people like what, what, what changes did you make to switch from just being low carb to keto? Right. So going keto, first I have to drop the carbs more. Like when you think you're low carb, you're not that low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're low, but like an apple, you wouldn't eat. I wouldn't eat an apple on keto. Mm-hmm. It's not that an apple is bad. I mean, if I wanted to do a carb, but I'd have to do it on purpose because just having those like little, like if you're just kind of feeding yourself those little like high sugar spurts throughout the day, it's going to mess you up. You're not going to get fat adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the important things about keeping to like things that are, you know, if you even do carbs, like do slow carbs, you don't want that spike, right? Uh, but we'll go into carb ups in a second. Sorry, tangents. Blah. <laughs> like squirrel. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. So I lowered my carbs even more, but then I added more fat and I realized like, okay, it's about taking that, those eggs and the side of bacon and then maybe doing a little avocado with that. Or like if you're having spinach and chicken and avocado, putting a healthy drizzle of olive oil on top because you need that extra fat to get your body to really prefer it as a fuel source. It has to, you have to make it really obvious like, hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're fat adapted, you can play around with it more, right? Um, like I don't have high fat meals every meal, but I'm also not someone that I don't like micromanage my food intake, right? 
Um, yeah. Like after a workout, I actually prefer a high protein meal. But then like three hours later, I'm like fat bomb to the face. You know, it's just what it, it can be an ebb and flow. So um, but I think when people are just doing when people are telling me like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a low carb, low fat diet. I'm like, you're going to die. Yeah, that sounds awful. Honestly, <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't think they're going to die. But I'm like, how do you like how are you standing up right now? Like, yeah. How do you- But it's super confusing because I think especially right now, there's just so much chatter in the keto space, especially where it's like people are like, you know, we have this one camp that's just like eat all the fat. We need all the fat. We need to be low protein, like moderate, moderate to low protein and all the fat. And then we have people who are being like, no, you're going to get fat off all the fat. Like you can like, like don't eat high fat because you want your body to burn your body fat. Like there's all this chatter all over the place. There's a lot of chatter. The problem, so I think you have to find what works for you and different things work for different people. So I think when you're new to keto, you have to go very high fat because mm-hmm. you're not going to get fat adapted otherwise. And you're going to feel like you're dying with the mm-hmm. keto flu you have to go low low carb high fat and like until your until your cravings go away until you have energy and you're sleeping fine once you're regulated if you have a lot of body fat to lose and you feel like okay i'm finally fat adapted the energy's there the brain fog is gone but i'm not losing body fat then you can play around with reducing fat intake to then your right go, go into that stored body fat however most people don't have to do that because we intermittent fast and the great thing about intermittent fasting is if you're not eating for 16 or 18 hours, what do you think your body's running on during that time? Yeah. Your stored body fat. But then in your little window of eating, you can eat to satiety, right? And you're eating one meal, two meals, maybe three a day. And that honestly, if you're eating intuitively and you're eating a whole food like keto diet, it's going to happen by itself. I never thought I could fast. I'm like, are you kidding me? I used to eat like on paleo three meals and snacks a day. I was like eating every two to three hours, food in my face constantly. I was like finishing one meal, thinking about the next. But with keto organically, the amount of food I take in now is way less. But when I do eat, it's nutrient dense and it's calorie dense. Mm -hmm. So it's enough. And then I can go hours without eating. Um, So I think it's not that there's I think people are just mixing up the, like the messages, yeah. um, like with the, like, yes, you can do stored body fat, but you can't go from standard American diet to trying to burn your body fat for fuel. Yeah. That's what people don't understand. Like there's a difference between adapting and then like playing around once you're in ketosis. Like I know for me, like, you know, I'll eat a meal and for me I can eat it and I'll still be in ketosis. But if someone else who wasn't already fat adapted ate that, I'd be like, that's not keto, you know? Right. And so people get it confused by my meals and they're like, that's not a keto meal. I'm like, well, I'm in keto because I've been fat adapted for like three years. So I can eat more carbs than other right. people and I'm super well, active. Yeah. Well, Luis Villasenor was talking about this um, with Dr. Anthony Gustin on this podcast and he's like a keto person who does like CrossFit or who's super active and who's mm-hmm. fat adapted can have 80 or 100 grams of carbs a day and still be in ketosis. Yeah. So it dep- I mean, my cookbook has like I cook with carrots in it. I know I'm going to get yelled at. I'm already <laughs> waiting for the I'm already going I'm already expecting the Amazon reviews. This book is a keto. She uses carrots. I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen calm down. If you're not there yet, don't, don't make it. But yeah. like, you can't take food, you can't demonize foods. And I don't like demonizing carbs. They have their choice. You know, some people like Leanne Vogel is really big on the carb up. I think a lot of women benefit from the carb up. Um, I do it every now and then I tried doing it religiously and I realized it just wasn't fitting into my like natural flow, my needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but every now and then I get insatiable. It's so weird. Like I eat all the fat, I eat all the protein, I eat all the veggies. Like, And I'm like, why am I still hungry? And then I eat like, a bunch of roasted carrots and the next day I like fast all day it's incredible it's so so that I, helps you get your hunger back yeah it's so weird yeah I feel like you seem like you're very hormonally stable 
Um, I, which is why I think you can get away with less carb ups and intermittent fasting. Cause I think a right. lot of women run into issues with intermittent fasting and fasting and not having enough carbs. And that's why for most people, I like don't generally recommend it because most women in America are hormonally fucked. Right. That's true. And I agree. I, I, I used keto to balance my hormones because yeah. I had estrogen dominance and insulin resistance and the whole thing, but I was doing carb ups regularly at first. So mm-hmm. I did start keto with carb ups and I was doing, and then I lowered them a little, like just, I just, they kind of dropped off. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because now that I'm at, during a time of like super high stress, I'm eating more carbs and I'm not fasting as much because my body is, you know, like that, those high stress levels really mess with your hormones. And so my body has just organically needed a little more support, but it's so crazy how people who doesn't kick you out of ketosis, like a carb up, I do them at night Mm -hmm. and, and the next day organically, my body wants like all the fat doesn't even want to look at anything else. (laughs) It's just like, just just give me, just sip on fat, fatty coffee all day. We're good. Yeah. It's just, it's weird how that happens. Um, but I do believe in eating intuitively. And I, for me, it's hasn't steered me wrong. Um, but so, I, it, it, it took practice to get yeah, there. For the, so for carb ups, let's talk about that for a second. Um, do you, so you do them at night. Um, and do you time it around wor- workouts at all? Like no, strategically I mean, or just any night you feel like you want it? I was timing it with workouts, um, but I didn't feel like it made a huge difference for me. I don't do – so I, I realized another thing I learned about myself – I cannot do high intensity workouts for long periods of time. Like they kill me. Um, I love CrossFit. I love hit classes. I love spinning, but I do them and I feel like a champ. And then the next day I can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, my fight or flight response is like really sensitive and she's just blah. And so I do a lot of like long walks and then heavy ass lifting. Like I can lift all day. Um, and I can spend an hour at the gym lifting my weights and like, you know, I break, you know, today was a little more glycogenic, like more consistent would say of a workout. Cause I did like kettlebell swings and wall balls, mm-hmm. but I wasn't there like, you know, at this insane pace. And I learned that about myself and you kind of have to realize like, that's also goes into the whole message of like, I work out to feel good and get strong, not to go to the gym and punish myself. So I do what I know feels good and what feels good for my body. And it's been working for me because my body composition has really changed with that kind of workout. Like I don't need to go do a hit class to see results. I can do it with heavy lifting and long walks. Yeah, no, I'm very similar. I have like, I cut out all high intensity stuff and I'm just lifting straight sets a few days a week and then walking. And I feel so much better. So good, right? Yeah. yeah. But I'm curious more about like that and how you kind of your evolution of fitness and your, right. your mindset around exercise? Um, so I never was, I, I, ne- I like working out wasn't in like a thing I did growing up ever part of my life. It was like a thing I, did, I had to do if I wanted to lose weight where I would like, oh my God, I'm on a diet. I'm going to go to the gym and like be on the elliptical for an hour and I hate my life. <laughs> and I, that was like my, that was, that was my relationship with exercise. Yeah. Um, and when we moved to Hawaii, I'm like, oh my God, this place is amazing. And everyone's so fit and everyone's always hiking. And I was doing these, these mom group hikes. And those were really fun. Cause like, you know, they weren't super long. You'd go with your kids. Sometimes I wear my kid on my back though. And he's like 50 pounds. So that was kind of a workout. You're um, such a mom. You go on I, mom hikes. <laughs> uh, it was called hiking with Keiki because Keiki is Hawaiian for kids. That's so cute. <laughs> I'm a little mom. Um, like the, I'm a, I used to be, a, I mean, now he's five, but I would barely wear him. I'm, uh, I'm not just any mom. I'm the hippie mom. I would wear my baby and I nurse you're him You're the forever. cool mom. You're the cool mom. 
<laughs> so I that was how it started. And then I had a neighbor who was like, I want to lose weight. Let's work out, Christina. And so we would go on walks and ride our bikes in the evenings. And you know what? Like, just like whatever. It wasn't like it was moving my body. So that was kind of cool. And then after the autoimmune protocol and after I kind of like after a year into this, I was like, I feel good. Like, I think I can go to the gym. Like I have energy. I had energy finally to go to the gym. And so I, my other neighbor, um, and this was in Hawaii when it's on a military base. And so like fitness was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, let's go to Zumba. And so I started going to Zumba class. And of course I love Zumba class. So they play a ton of pit bull and I'm like, Miami. It like brought me back to my clubbing days. I'm like, oh, you know. And so I started doing a lot of Zumba classes. And I remember Kristen was like, come to a hit class. And this was in like my first year of healing. And I did that one 60-minute hit class. And I almost died. And I didn't go back for six or seven months. That's but not one- hit. 60 minutes is not hit. I know. It was called Extreme 60. Because they're very it's called Extreme Death is what that's called. <laughs> yeah. The class was, but I remember like not being able to do anything. But six months after that, and I continued with Zumba and long walks and hikes. But six months after that, I went back to the HIT class. And I ended up doing that HIT class religiously for, like, I don't know, several months and getting, like, really seeing, like, gains and, like, being able to see muscle definition and being able to see, like, getting better with reps and stuff. Granted, when I went back, it was a different instructor, and she had a much more – oh, no, she didn't call it Extreme 60. She called it Functional Movement. Um, So there's a lot of warm-up and then, like, 10, 20 minutes of HIT and then – you know, so it was better. It's like but CrossFit-y kind of. It was very CrossFit-y. Um, but yeah, and that, and then I don't know. I just kept kind of going to classes. And then my Zoom instructor had a baby, and she was gone for a while. But when she came back, she was like, you know, I want to start getting fit again. Do you guys want to work out in my garage? And she had a, a bar, and she used to be a bodybuilder. So she taught me how to weightlift, like deadlifts, back squats. She taught me the form. And bless her heart, I mean, that changed my life because – work doing learning to lift heavy the changes in my body composition just within months of doing that were like mind blown I hadn't seen my body look like that in a long time and or ever honestly because I never worked out before but you know post baby in your 30s you you know um and I fell in love with weightlifting when when she taught me like getting under that bar I was like man I'm pretty strong like I guess I'm five nine like I'm big like I can lift but being able to build that and lift heavier and the form and I don't know, I fell in love with it and it's been so empowering. It's just, it feels so good. Yeah, that's good. And you've been doing that since. Yeah, and what, that's what I do. Do you ever work out with your husband when he's around? No, we did once. I, I, brought, I brought him with me to the gym once and they have these like, bo- these like kind of like boxes full of equipment and fields on this base. And so mm-hmm. I took him once and I, we did this crazy workout of like a hundred reps of everything. I don't remember what we did now, but he almost died. But Justin and I are opposites. So I'm like the weightlifter and I bulk up and stuff and he's an avid cyclist. So my husband is like lean, mean, total carboholic because he's also burning like 6,000 calories a day. Yeah. Um, so he eats whatever he wants. And I'm pretty – and it's funny because when he comes home – he's like my little science experiment because I always tell him when he – but he'll fast. Like it's the weirdest thing. Like he intermittent fast without trying. Like yeah. he doesn't think about it. And I can smell – I can smell his keto breath because he's not fat adapted because of all the – you know, carbs and sugar he eats. But because he uses up so much glycogen because he's just using it all, all the time, he's often in nutritional ketosis. 
It's so interesting because I wanted to ask you about that too. Like, do you guys all, so you guys all eat differently. Like, how does Jack eat too? Everyone eats what I eat plus, plus, like plus. Plus what they want. Okay. Right. Um, And we keep the house pretty much gluten-free except for like my husband buys himself like Cheez-Its or Triscuits or whatever because he's, I'm telling you, I'm working on it, but man. (laughs) So, hey, he's grown, you know. Uh, I always tell him, I'm like, don't make me a widow. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I make them dinner. So I'll make dinner. I make their, I make most of their meals. Um, and white rice cooked in bone broth, a little bit of apple cider vinegar is like my go-to starch for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're feeling like, you know, okay, we want something else. <laughs> I'll buy gluten-free bread or gluten-free pasta for them or like quinoa or something like that. Um, but yeah, we keep the house and they'll do like grass fed, um, hard cheeses and stuff like that. Um, but they just eat like, if they do eat that, that's like their snacks, but for me, it's like we're all eating protein and veggies, right? That's yeah. just everyone needs to eat that. So they eat that with me. And then sometimes they'll add their their starch and I'll add my fat. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how we eat. Does your son eat gluten ever? He does. He okay. does because he was two years old before I even started all of this. Mm-hmm. So we weren't even gluten free at all. Mm. And it's kind of hard at that point when you have this walking, talking. You know, and plus with my husband, because it was such a slow evolution too. I was kind of like doing all 30 and dabbling. Um, I've actually been really dialing back like their stuff little by little. And I think eventually as he gets older, he'll make his own choices for that. But this is the thing. I nursed him for two years. Mm -hmm. He's never taken antibiotics. And I know this is super controversial, but he's doesn't have, he never got live virus vaccines. He was a vaginal, natural, no epidural birth. The kid was at home with me. I did everything in my power. So he'd be this healthy and he's, his gut is intact Yeah, because it's intact. It's perfectly healthy. He had all my, you know, all my, all my gut. He had all, all the good bacteria. He's mm-hmm. never taken antibiotics. I mean, not because of course he didn't need, he's never needed them. Let me put it that way. Cause people yeah. are going to be like, you don't give your kid medicine. Yeah. No. no. He's never been prescribed antibiotics mm-hmm. because he's so he's been so healthy. So had he just dis- displayed any symptoms, I would immediately do an elimination diet. And I watch him like a hawk people. Like yeah. anytime he has a patch on his skin, I'm like, come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're hilarious. Just, well, you know, like I just don't want him to end up with like me. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? If my son developed what I got as a teenager and knowing what I know, mm-hmm. I would never forgive myself. Mm-hmm. My poor mother, she... She's so hard on herself, but I'm like, mom, you had no idea, but I do. Yeah. So I, yeah. I run into that with my mom too, because it's like, she tries to understand what happened to me and I, and I try to, exp- I don't want her to feel like I'm blaming her cause I'm not. But when I do explain, like, you know, I was kind of set up to have a lot of gut issues. She takes that as me attacking her. And I'm like, I don't blame you at all. You had no idea, but you know, I was on antibiotics pretty much constantly the first 20 years of my life I there's c-section you know I was fed I wasn't breastfed all the time like you know all those little factors um so it can be hard because it's not their fault you know it's just this lack of education it's not knowing and there's a lot and kids are resilient and if you have kids now and you're like oh my god am I gonna give a kid leaky gut because he was listen I get it motherhood is hard and you have to do what you have to do or like the doctor made you have a c-section or you didn't know any better you didn't produce milk that's fine. But if you do have a child that's already showing symptoms mm-hmm. like having eczema or they have psoriasis, you see a lot of kids with skin issues. Like if your kid has any kind of like 
recurring high patchy skin condition, those are signs of autoimmune issues. And you can start taking steps early on, giving them to kid probiotics. Taking away, you don't even have to go full-blown paleo. If you will make gluten and sugar Mm -hmm. from their diet and dairy probably and put them on a good probiotic, you'd be surprised how much a kid's gut can heal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's like not even necessarily autoimmunity, but like skin condition, look to your gut. Like, and people don't make that connection at all, but that's, that's where it is. Um, I want to talk about something else because, okay, you, the food you eat does not seem restrictive at all. You eat so much delicious food. You make so many yummy recipes, (laughs) yet you eat one of the most, I mean, I think that doing an AIP keto like combo is one of the hardest things. Like, I don't, I, I, I tried to do that for like two days and I was like, freaking can't which I want to get into that in a second but like actually let's talk about that right now sure um how did you make that work because I feel like that can be really repetitive because I feel like AIP lends itself to being higher starch um yes and I don't know keto so what I did was so I mean granted I did AIP and then I did keto and they kind of like happened sort of separately so I was doing keto with nuts and I was eating butter and I was eating a lot of non-AIP things when I first went keto, which the whole butter thing, we'll circle back to that because I had to actually, I found out a year after eating it for a year that it was causing my psoriasis. Wow. Can you do ghee? Oh, ghee too. And instantly, Mm -hmm. like instant around my hairline and nose patch or patch, right? It's so weird. Anyway. No, I can only do ghee in very small amounts, like here and there. And even then I don't really like to, I just do it to just to try not be so anal. Um, you know, and like if I go out somewhere and something's, I'm not going to ask if something's cooked in butter because you, and this is something we can talk about, <laughs> so many things to talk about, but yeah. about like you have to at some point let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, like what is going to, if my reaction to this food is something that I can live with at least for a few days, it's not worth it every day, but you know, yeah. maybe once in a while it is, right? Yeah. Um, so going back to the AIP keto, so yeah, I was doing, I kind of, it's funny because it kind of rolls reversed. I was doing AIP and I found keto by troubleshooting. And then I was doing keto and then I was like, hold on, I don't feel that great. I need to troubleshoot again. And yeah. so I don't kind of went back to AIP, but once you go keto, you don't go back. I don't know. I'm so, I don't know anyone who's been like, oh, I don't want to be in ketosis anymore. This sucks. Like you just feel so good that I wasn't like, I want, I was like, okay, I have to go back to AIP elimination phase because I have to figure something out here. And but I wasn't prepared to go back to the starches, mm-hmm. especially knowing I was insulin resistant. So I did both. And, you know, I always say I am like, I don't know, I'm like MacGyver, Julia Child, like love baby, because sorry, um, like I find inspiration in that weird restriction thing. Yeah. And um, and I was eating really well. Like I was just doing really fun things with like lots of citrus zest and you get really creative with gelatin and cauliflower, cauliflower is life. Um, um, and yeah, and I, and I felt like I was eating fun stuff. Like I did, I did AIP, strict AIP keto for three weeks. And in that time, that's when I found out that the, that the almonds gave me migraines and that the ghee and butter were giving me psoriasis on my hairline. Um, and luckily I was, you know, I'm okay with eggs. Thank mm-hmm. God. This sweet baby Jesus. I know eggs are hard for a lot of people, but yeah. I'm really happy I can eat them. <laughs> that is a good one. Well, okay, here's the question. Do you count your veggies? Do you count total or net? 
Okay, I don't track at all. Okay. But if I do, and in my book, my recommendation is to count total and do 50 grams. Because if you're doing net and you're doing, if you're doing 25 grams or 20 grams of net carbs, and, but you're eating mostly veggies, it's going to be 50, like pretty much total anyway. Mm-hmm. And I don't like math. So I'm just like to simplify things. Yeah. I have, and I have two theories and I have two reasons for this. One, if you're doing keto, like I do keto, where you're not eating cheese mm-hmm. and you're not eating nuts, really all your carbs come from coconut products or green veggies, right? Um, so like they're not going to kick you out of ketosis. And then two, you're more honest with yourself because, and you are going to, you have this, the sweetener free ebook, which I love. And like in my cookbook and I told my publisher, I'm like, we are doing total carbs on those sweets because if that brownie is 20 grams of carbs with the erythritol, let them eat them. It's with 50 grams of carbs. You can eat a 20 carb brownie and still have 30 grams for your veggies. And that's plenty, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to do that food magic voodoo crap that people do. And it's like, Oh, it's, it's five net carbs. I'm going to have four brownies. Yeah. No. Yeah. Have your one brownie and then eat your goddamn vegetables. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even with the veggies, I think it's, it's so interesting because I'll have people be like, you can't, cause I, well, not right now, because right now I'm doing carnivore. <laughs> but when I'm not <laughs> before this, it's like I eat a shit ton of vegetables, and people are like, "You can't be in keto with all those vegetables." Like, because I eat just a ton of non-starchy vegetables. I'm like, "Well, I can." Like, listen. I mean, <laughs> I feel like if Marxism said it, then like people can shut up about it. Like, <laughs> obviously, whatever he does, and he said. I mean, I remember even in his book, Keto Reset Diet, and like in his little in his support group for that, they were talking about that. It was a huge debate, and they're like broccoli isn't going to kick you out of ketosis. Like, unless you're extremely, extremely, extremely insulin resistant. And I get it. Listen, if you're a cancer patient, if you're treating epilepsy, if you have like in a medical condition that you're working with a doctor, mm-hmm. I understand the need to stay under 20 grams total. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing. And I understand the need to eat copious, amount, copious amounts of fat. Like, yes, when you're treating neurological but come on, the average Joe who's trying to lose 20 pounds, that's not the case. Yeah. And I think telling people that, no, 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 you can eat a pile of bacon, but God forbid you eat a bowl of broccoli, is yeah. it not a good message? I know. I totally agree. Well, that's okay. And then what is your, what is your take on the protein debate? So coming from the AIP background, I'm like, of course you feel better. It's like the mother of all elimination diets. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something sustainable. I think that like there can be a lot of plant matter oh, doorbell ring, sorry. Um, that can harm us. Like people are, are so surprised that like the things that um, we're eating that aren't doing us any favors. I mean, it could be coconuts, which are AIP and keto friendly, but guess what? Not everyone can eat coconuts, right? Yeah. Or it could be nuts. I had a lady the other day and man, I love my Instagram people and they stick with me because even with my non weird, like I have a lot of people that follow me that they don't have any food restrictions. They just like my recipes. But she said that she was doing some 21-day, like, fix. I don't know if it was the Diane Santolipos or Mark Sisters or someone else's program, but they were using my recipes, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, inadvertently, I just ended up eating your food only for, like, 20 days straight. And then when I did not eat your food, I felt sick as hell. And I realized <laughs> that I reacted to nightshades. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I would have never known otherwise. And it's like, dude, like... A lot of times we can eat stuff that like, hey, we can live with it. But if we're without it, we're that much better. And I just think that that's what carnivore is doing for people, except that they're not doing the reintroductions properly. And then they're just like think that carnivore is the way to go because then they just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think if people do carnivore with a proper reintroduction, great, awesome elimination diet. Should you do that forever? No, nah, 
You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I'm hearing myself. Okay, it went away. Um, no, I totally agree. I think the carnivore thing is so funny because people are like taking it as a lifestyle. I'm like, it's. I don't think it's a lifestyle, but it's a really great like cleanse, like elimination diet. You know, like getting yourself to a baseline. Um, but what about in terms of keto? Like, do you like? I remember when I first did this, I was working with a practitioner and this person scared the shit out of me and like I was so afraid to eat more than four ounces of protein at a sitting and I like, I mean, I shriveled up as a human. Oh, yeah, no. So I also, I also get really angry when I'm in groups and there, I hear people telling other people like, um, like people are telling women, especially women for some reason, like why is it always women? Like why do people think we don't need protein? But it's like these women are eating – like the recommendations I'm seeing are like 50 grams. I know. Or, or, or less than 50 grams a day. Um, so I'm an active person. And in my book, I talk about this as well, where I'm like, listen, I'm in camp. You need protein to fit your lifestyle and your needs, right? So if you're active, then you need a gram to a grand and some change mm-hmm. per, like, I guess you can do kilograms or like half, or if you're like, because obviously pounds is easier, but your, your lean body mass. So I do. I do between 90 and 140 because mm-hmm. I have about 140 pounds of lean body mass. Mm-hmm. But that's sometimes hard for me to get all that protein in. And I'm not a supplement person. So I just eat as much as I want. And I honestly, sometimes I'm at 140, sometimes I'm at 90 and it kind of evens itself out. But I am team protein, especially because I'm also team muscles. Yeah, uh, same. If you're sedentary, you can do less. Right? Yeah. But I'm not, I don't think when, when people are giving the recommendations of like lower your carbs, lower your protein and like everything just fat like fat is there's there are some really good vitamins and minerals in grass-fed butter and like a lot of important things are fat soluble but we need other micronutrients and some of them are water soluble too like I don't know I just don't like the I don't like I don't like big blanket statements for everybody yeah I get so I'm in this I was in this one group um and this woman was having major issues and she was saying that she was eating like three ounces of protein per meal um, with three to four tablespoons of fat and like some leafy greens. And she's like, what am I doing wrong? Why do I feel so horrible? And the recommendation of the person who was like in charge of this group was, you're probably eating too much protein. So move it down to two ounces. And I was like, oh my God, you are going to ruin this woman's life. Like it kills me. And she was like, she goes, decrease the protein and increase the fat. And I'm like... Yeah, people don't take advice from strangers on Facebook groups. Like there are literally like they're civilians, and I mean like no, even- no, no. This is from this was from an NTP. No. Yeah, and that's why I got real mad. Oh no, I would be mad too. I mean, so Ali Miller and I talked about this, and she's um, she's great. I don't know if you guys know Ali Miller, but she's like a dietitian, like holistic dietitian. She has all the things. So she's like an RD, but also like a holistic one too. Anyway, and she's she has this awesome clinic in Texas. Um, and she treats she she uses keto right to help people heal. She's big on keto, but she says that she sees a lot of women coming in to ask her for help who have like hair loss mm-hmm. and like skin rashes, and that that stuff is caused by chronic low protein. Yes. Well, I think that a lot of people are having issues with low protein because of keto, um, and it's a lot of the stuff with keto. It's like. The fasting and the really low protein, and then people are feeling the effects years down the line. 
you know? And I'm like, whoa, guys, that's why maybe we shouldn't be so extreme extreme with everything. You know, the answer isn't always more fat, less protein. Right, I agree. And I think that that's where people like Paleo Mom, who Derek Sarabayantine, mm-hmm. who, you know, we were at Paleo Flex together, she speaks so adamantly about uh, against keto because she is scared of those kind of extreme groups. And unfortunately, keto is kind of like, wildfire on the internet right now Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of noise and there is a lot of people saying hey this works this works this works and I'm here saying like you got to find what works for you man because we're all different and I totally get it like one person can totally be protein heavy Mm -hmm. like fat heavy almost no veggies and they'll thrive because maybe their DNA is like all Neanderthal or something I don't know you know but I know I need veggies in my life and I feel better when I eat them. So I do and I thrive. And instead of just pointing fingers, like that's not keto enough. Yeah. You know, which like, is funny. You don't know I'm me. Like, yeah. I'm like, come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's a crazy world out there right I now. I know. It's intense. Well, something that I really want you to talk about, because you talked a little bit about this in your stories and I was like, hell yeah. Like, this this issue of excuses, which is why I bring up, like, this keto-AIP combo is one of the most, res- like, quote, restrictive ways of eating. And, you know, people give excuses like, oh, I can't eat paleo. It's too hard. It's too much work. Or I can't eat healthy when I'm on vacation. Like, how do you eat healthy? And I'm like, what do you mean? How is it any harder than any other way of eating? When people tell me that, what I hear is, I don't think I'm worth it yet. Mm. And that's what I'm hearing because I was that person for many, many, many years. And I think that when you become, um, when you don't think that you are worth, and I know these people aren't even having that conversation with themselves, but a lot of it comes from self-worth issues because guess what? It takes investment in time, in money, in yourself and getting your loved ones on board when you're going to do a lifestyle shift like this. And if you don't think you're good enough to ask the people in your life for help to accomplish that, Mm -hmm. a lot of that comes from that where they think they, yeah, you're going to do it by yourself. Of course you can't. This is, this it's hard. You need support. And so I tell someone like, do you, do you feel that you deserve to be happy and healthy? Let's get there first and then we'll go paleo keto AIP. Yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting because that's another excuse I hear is like, I can't because my husband doesn't eat this this way. And I'm like, okay. Do you do you, the cooking? You yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, your husband eats very different from you. You know what I mean? It's like people yeah. are letting other people's choices dictate their own. I agree. And I, it's, but that's also re- like putting the, the, the blame elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. They like to say, it's not my fault. Fu- it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I can't like, no. And I, I do have, I, because I'm obviously in the public eye and with a lot of people and I'd like to be kind because I think that kindness gets more the message, you know, people are going to be more inspired if you're kind to them. Like, you know, my mom is always like kill them with kindness kind of Mm -hmm. thing than yelling at people. But I will say something like I tell people all the time, I'm a military spouse who moved to Hawaii with a two year old, like in the worst health of my life, we were broke as shit. Like my husband's enlisted and I was a stay at home mom for two years. Like we're not like living the fabulous life in Hawaii. And I managed to not only reverse my autoimmune disease, but build a business and leave Hawaii. And in three years, changed my life around, lost 60 pounds, put my autoimmune disease in remission, and I wrote a goddamn cookbook. So hell fucking yeah. So you know what? If I can do it, you can do it too. Like, exactly. <laughs> like I, you can do it. You just have to start. And like the things snowball, like once you commit to it, you're going to have more energy. Like, yeah, I bet you can't right now. Cause you're tired. I was tired too. But when you heal, you have more energy. Like it's like there was more hours in the day when you're fat adapted, like 
I, I, I had ADD or ADHD in high school, right? They put me on Adderall. I'm like, you know, and I'm still kind of all over the place, but I can tell you that I can sit down for work and get so much done when I'm fasting with my, with my fatty coffee. Um, that's another thing I didn't mention. When I fast, I rarely ever do like zero food fasts. Mm-hmm. Like I'll do like 12 to 16 hours with maybe no food because of sleeping and all that. But I do a fat fast, as they say, because I need those calories because I think, you know, also I'm a woman and like we need these things to survive. Yeah. That's a so good just, point. That's an option out there, people. <laughs> yeah. Tweaking it the way, you know, our rocket fuel lattes like Leanne, you know, adjusting it to what works for you. Um, but, I mean, what about tangible stuff? Like, what made it easier for you at the beginning of transitioning your lifestyle? Like, when you, you have a child, you, your husband, your military, you move in. Like, you know, like, people right. are actionable, like... Uh, actionable tips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, clean out your kitchen. I know it sounds crazy, but like mm-hmm. my husband had this one tiny little shelf in the kitchen <laughs> with his little cheeses and stuff, which honestly I wasn't eating anyway, but, um, I just don't like, he likes the spicy ones. I don't know. He's a weirdo, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So we did that. I was like, listen, family, this is going to happen. Like you have to make it. Th- so, and also I do all the cooking and shopping. So I was kind of like, this is not a democracy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm doing this. And so I promise I will still feed you things you like, right. It'll be delicious. But please bear with me during this change. So we had a big talk about it. Um, I was able to like outsource some things like, hey, if it makes it easier to buy, you know, your family, like even if you have to for a few nights a week, like a rotisserie chicken from Costco and you have to make your little steamed veggies and whatever you're eating, you know, that's fine. Um, I definitely did a lot of um, granted because I'm a creative person. So I'd also don't I love to cook. So for me keeping it interesting, right? Like I didn't get in that rut of like these three things I can make. I was constantly experimenting. I mean, I made some crazy stuff, like especially on the AIP. Um, actually some of my AIP keto recipes are my favorite, like a sheet pan taco bowl. I have these ginger lime citrus wings. I have a teriyaki noodle bowl that the teriyaki sauce is made with coconut aminos, red wine vinegar, bone broth. And then I thicken it with, um, I, I gel the coconut aminos and then melt that into the sauce and it makes it thick like teriyaki. That sounds so good. It is. And you just, I don't know, I like playing around with stuff, but you have to have everyone else on board, right? And I also stash my house with, like, ingredients. Like, right now, I got my big box of CSA veggies. I have a freezer full of butcher box. And guess what? There isn't anything else in the pantry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, even if my kid wanted a snack right now, I'd be like, I have to make you eggs. (laughs) Because I don't really, we don't keep, like, because I get if it's there, it'd be way harder to say no, Right. So people just have to, family's got to get on board. And then now that I'm like, you know, solid, like yeah, things yeah. Don't, don't bother me. Like my husband eats Ben and Jerry's every night. It's not a trigger for me. I, you know, I get this question a lot of like, what are quick and easy meals? I never know what to do when I'm running out of time or like my, you know, I leave my husband and my kid at home and they, they don't have, they're too lazy to cook and I want to make sure they're eating healthy. What's something quick? And I mean, I wonder what you think about that because in my head, I'm like, I feel like cooking up leftover, like leftover protein and then just like toss some veggies in the oven is pretty fast. I agree. And I talk about this in my book a bit where you're going to have to pay to one way. Like there's nothing's free, right? So eating healthy isn't free. You're going to have to invest time or money, right? So time, you're going to have to just either meal prep, right? Once a week, cook it all. Or do that cook once, eat twice thing where like one night you cook a lot, have leftovers the next day, but you're still in the kitchen. You can't get away from that, right? 
Or you know what? You don't want to cook. You're going to have to pay for it. Paleo on the go, model meals. Yeah. Um, now there's ketone bodies or like spend the extra money at the grocery store like Whole Foods and they sell everything spiralized and diced and stuff. But you know, that stuff is more expensive. So if you're on a budget like I was, it was like, uh, I just have to make everything myself. And you know, I also, and this is me, I think that you have to change your life. Like you can't just change your food. So if you're too stressed out that you can't even take 20, 30 minutes a day to cook dinner, that also goes to show that like the life that you have, like the way you're scheduled is now is probably not conducive to healing anyway. I mean, I know like Amanda Curious Coconut like left her job as like a neuroscientist because it was so stressful to heal. And I get not everyone can do that, but you can make changes. Have someone else pick up the kids after school or take them to soccer or I don't know. Have your husband like, hey, man, this is a recipe. Follow the instructions. Like men are not useless. Put them to work. <laughs> like if they're at home with the kids in the afternoon, like they can follow instructions. They do it all day at work. Like have yeah. them follow a recipe because something has to change to make that the healing process really take hold in your home and become a lifestyle, not just a diet. So what other lifestyle factors did you change besides like the food and the exercise? It sounds like. Yeah, that was a big one for me. Like for me, exercise became, um, it was social. It was, uh, meditative, like, you know, healing. It was just like kind of, my, I also don't work out with my kid. And I know a lot of moms, that's not a choice, but I made the choice to be like, okay, I waited. I could work out at night once he was asleep or I could work out when my husband got home. But I decided that when I was going to work out, it was time for me. None of that doing like Tybo in the living room with my kids screaming in the background. Like that's not relaxing mm -hmm. <laughs> or that's not me time. So working out also was my me time. It was sacred. Um, and I also think that's why I stuck to it. Um, going to sleep. Oh my gosh. We go to sleep in this house. People laugh at us. We're like, a, we're in bed by like nine or nine thirty. Oh my God. I need to be like that. Honestly. Yeah. And it actually really helps because my husband's a cyclist. So he rides his bike at like the crack of dawn. And so he wants to go to bed early too. And just so we're all in bed. <laughs> what time do you get up? Oh, we're up early. 630, 630. Okay. Yeah. So we're up really early. Do you work out in the morning? Yes. I'm a morning worker outer. All right. Gotcha. So sleep, big one. Sleep is a big one. Um, daily affirmations. I love my, I, I keep them on my fridge or just on my home screen. Um, I have a few memorized. Um, Tell me. Um, so one is that like, I love my body. I am happy and healthy and I deserve to thrive. Um, cause that's one of like, you know, we're friends body, right? Cause with autoimmunity, there's a lot of like resentment there. Mm -hmm. Um, another one is I deserve to be happy. Um, well, one that I got, which I love from Jen Sincero, you are a badass is that I deserve and receive love every second of every day. Um, and then one of my favorite ones, of course, with like my business ones is that, um, I help and inspire people every day. And, um, another one is, oh, well, right now, of course, is that my book is an, I'm an international bestselling author. It was, I was in, on the New York Times bestselling author, but that one changed because apparently they changed the credentials on the New York Times now. So cookbooks have to compete with books like You Are a Badass and Brene Brown and like insane, crazy authors like that. So that's annoying. Yeah. I know. It's oh. okay. Yeah. So yeah, just fine. things that I want to imagine, like I, every day, daily ones are self-love, like healthy, thriving, happy. Those things are there every day. Um, because that conversation needs to be ongoing. Yeah. You know? Do you say those out loud or do you just read them? Um, I say them in my head to mm -hmm. like, usually as, it's funny. It's usually I'm getting like, like brushing my teeth and stuff like that. Um, and then if I, it's been a day, I'll actually write them down. I have a notebook where I'll write them down like over and over again. And I also keep my crystals, like my rose quartz and stuff like that. Um, and I wear a rose quartz bracelet, but, um, 
sometimes I hold them and I just say them to myself. I love that. I feel like I I don't hear that much about that side of your life that often. Yeah. Well, you know, I share a lot on social media and sometimes it's nice to keep some things for yourself. Yeah, it is. I think social media can be overwhelming. What's, what do you think is the hardest part about being, you know, kind of a public figure on social media? Um, that people don't realize they're not the only ones taking. Um, and that can be a little hard sometimes because I can be going through a hard part, a hard moment in my day. Like, right. Jack could be throwing a tantrum. I could be exhausted or I just dropped dinner on the floor. And then it's like recipe, please. Yeah. Or like, not even please recipe question mark. And I'm like, in that moment, I'm like, that was too much. <laughs> like I need help. <laughs> and it's just, people have that, um, where, you know, I just, I think sometimes that's a little exhausting because I'm at that point where I still get to answer every single message and I still get to connect with every person on it. And I want to be, I don't want that to change as I grow. I, I do think because I've been able to answer every message and connect with people on that personal level, I've impacted more lives, but it's very emotionally taxing. So when I'm going through something intimate and then I go into my workspace and it's just people needing from me, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes in a not very nice way, people can be kind of crass about stuff. It just kind of like puts, it puts me in a really bad mood. I wish people were more polite. It It is really draining. I think people don't realize. I think sometimes they don't realize how they're coming across or what they're asking. You know, it's like, can you send me the link? I'm like, can you Google it? <laughs> you know? Right, right. <laughs> like right. they kind of want things handed to them sometimes. Um. Do you draw any, like, boundaries with that, with social media? Um, Like, do you, like, are you just kind of on it when you want? No, I'm on it quite a bit, honestly, unfortunately. It's just my nature. I'm not a scheduled or organized person. Mm -hmm. And as you could tell, you follow me. Like, I don't orchestrate anything. Everything is just kind of like, I decided to do this in this moment right now. There's no plan. It's just happening. Yeah. Um, And so being that way, it's hard to define the lines sometimes. Like, they get blurred. Um but I have learned to stand up for myself where like, if you're going to come at me and be nasty or like just be out of bounds, you're going to get the clap back. And like one big thing right now, which I'm really adamant about is do not tell me what to do. You cannot come into my space and tell me that I can't curse or tell me that I can't wear that because it's too revealing or tell me that I shouldn't talk about going my bad experience with a doctor because it's saying that doctors don't know what they're doing. Like I can say whatever I want because this is my platform and you don't have to watch my stories. Cause that's of course where people get really personal in stories. They, they love to tell you how to live your life. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been really open with people. Like if you come at me like that, I'm no, I'm going to shut you down really quick. And then of course I'm not going to un- unfollow you. I'm not going to buy your book. You're so rude. No, you, what if I came to your workspace? What if I came to your house of your home and told you not to do that? I hate your couch. You should change it. Like yeah. you'd be pissed off too. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I've been putting my foot down with that. Like I can Good. share this and yeah. you don't have the right to be rude to me. Like I shared a, what I ate in the day post. And it just happened to be a low calorie day. Like, is that like every day? No, it's just this random day. I wasn't hungry. Probably because I had a carb up the day before. And people were like, you're starving yourself. I'm like, first of all, are you new here? Like, <laughs> do I look like I'm starving myself? <laughs> and second, like, that's super rude. Like, you're judging me. Like, what, you don't know what my body needs. Like, and the whole, se- the whole point of me doing what I'm eating posts is because I want to show what intuitive eating on keto looks like. Mm-hmm. So of course one post isn't going to show a complete picture. Like, wait a goddamn second. Once there's five up, yeah, you can see. But people, people are too, 
they're too impatient to wait for multiple posts. They just want to hop on and judge and put their two cents in. And social media makes everybody feel like they can immediately respond and they have access to you and they know everything. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, cool it. I know. It is a little. So that's taxing. It's emotionally taxing sometimes, especially for someone who's really empathetic. Like I'm a huge empath and I've had to be a little bit sometimes like, Okay. And even people, when they want to help, like if you post mm-hmm. something personal and you, and then you get the 9,000 messages of like, thank you. And I support you. And like, I want to answer you guys right now. Cause I know you're being nice, but like, I am literally exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and then I can't get back to everyone. And then sometimes people get mad when you only send them the little heart, but it's just like acknowledging, mm-hmm. like I read it. Thank you. I just don't have anything else to give right now. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to to put it you know and I always I, ex- I think I explained this on an earlier podcast I was like imagine if every single person that you knew that who you saw on the street had your phone number and they were all texting you asking you something you know or you imagine you were in a group text with like thousands of people like yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you be tired <laughs> It is, it is, it is exhausting. It picks up a lot of emotional, it holds a lot of space in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for the platform because, you know, I wish my blog page could be like the hub of my business and, um, I make all this information and I put it out there, but the way this, the industry is, you have to have the social media Mm -hmm. to even tell people that your blog exists to even, and even then they're still going to ask you on your Instagram and they're never going to read the blog post, which kills me. That's a whole other can of worms, but (laughs) The good news is now you have an actual book. I do. So people can get that. Let's let's talk about the book for a second. So explain to people the whole like premise behind this. So Made Whole was born because I had that moment when I started keto and I realized like I can't eat anything that's out there. There were so few recipes I could source. And then people were asking me when I was like I'd share my food and online and they'd be like, oh my gosh, where are there more recipes like this? And I'm like, there aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I got the opportunity to pitch to Victory Belt, who publishes all the keto books, like all the keto books. Um, you know, Leanne Vogel and um, Maria Emmerich and Jimmy Moore and all those like amazing superstars, Kendra Holly. And um, they loved my idea. And they were like, yeah, this is missing in this space. Like we love the AIP keto twists. As keto grows, there's more people joining and people with food restrictions. So now people who can't eat cheese or whatever or eggs, they want to do keto too. So this book will help them keto. Um, and then as I wrote it, it evolved into this big giant one-stop shop for like, Hey, you need to learn how to cook whole foods. I'm going to teach you like you have emotional issues with food. I'm going to talk about those two. We got to love yourself. And I talk about a lot of substitution. So not just AIP, but like egg free, nut free. So the whole book is dairy, nut and nightshade free. And then there's substitutions for like seed free, coconut free, egg free. Um, and there's modifications just to like tweak them to how you want them, you know, like, cause I think that that's really important for people with food like issues. Um, and it's like my heart and soul and blood and tears. And it's 432 pages of like, just, I think some of my really, really best recipes, like super creative, fun, delicious stuff. And like you said, people aren't going to look at the book and say, Oh my God, all this stuff is missing. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, think about it. Like the recipes are amazing. There's international recipes, a lot of Persian recipes, a lot of Asian recipes, a lot of Hispanic recipes. Like, do you know croquetas de jamón are? Like croquettes, like little fried. So they're like deep fried. So usually it's made of ham or like um, sometimes chicken and it's like a paste that's Mm. made with bechamel and then it's breaded and deep fried. And so it's, it's delicious. And I like made them like nut free 
keto, dairy-free, and then, like, they're legit tasting. And um, I have a lot of his Latin recipes, which I'm really excited about because hopefully it'll get more Hispanic people in the health food space yeah. um, excited. And I'm just so proud of it. You're a magician. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Like, I'm so excited about it. I think that this is, like, revolutionary, honestly. And it really is needed in this space. Um, a lot of the recipes you see in the keto world just keto specific it's like the same thing over and over again and it's nothing that creative and this is opening it up for people who are on AIP like mm-hmm. I want this book um do you have any other like favorite recipes in there um yeah so one of my I have this this is cheesy sauce in there that's cauliflower based which I just like put on all things good and I love it because I integrate it in several recipes and so that's a, there's a staples chapter in those things but so I do these like flank steak pinwheels so you kind of like butterfly the flank steak and you put the cheesy sauce and then I put like green beans but you can do asparagus if you're AIP mm. and then you roll it up and then you wrap it in bacon and then you put it in the oven and then you put this like log in the oven and then you slice it and what you have are these like rolls of this like delicious meat with the veggie and the sauce inside wrapped in bacon and it's just beautiful. It's like something that the presentation is just yeah. like so appealing. Um, I have this, sh- yeah, it's so good. And I have these shrimp and grits, but the grits are like magic because like I cook instead of using like coconut oil, I toast coconut butter in the skillet mm. until it's like bubbling and brown, and then I cook the garlic and the grits in that. And so you have this like toasty, coconutty, really creamy grits. Oh my god! I don't know. I just—it's so good. I'm really happy with the recipes. Um, Mark Sisson did my forward. That's amazing. And, and it's not like some generic. Oh, Christina's great. The rest, you know, the book is awesome. It's like the most heartfelt, touching. Uh, I cried when I read it. I would too. That's amazing. Um, and he's and he's so cute because he says several times he's really proud of me and like um, and he calls the book a knockout and that it's a Swiss a primal Swiss Army knife. Um, I love that. That's perfect. It is. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I can't wait to read it. It's going to be amazing. You're going to get your copy, like, next week. Oh, really? Yeah, because I just got mine today. The review copies for the bloggers and stuff got next week, and then July 17th. Woo! It's in stores. All right. It's in stores. It's probably on Amazon, right? Yeah, you can pre-order on Amazon. Anywhere you can get books, you can get it. Awesome. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for it. And... If people want to find you in other places, tell them everywhere to find you. Um, so I'm at the Castaway Kitchen on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I have a YouTube channel, which I've been adding stuff to. Mostly, like, you'd think they'd be cooking videos, but I do a lot of cooking on Instagram and Facebook. So my YouTube channel is more short chats about things like carnivore keto or someone telling someone on keto they can't eat avocado because it's too carby. And then I'm like, I see that. I'm like, let me go on YouTube and yell about it. People say um, that? Oh, my God, I saw it. And then... Yeah, so I would say Instagram's where I'm the most active, but my blog page, which is my my baby, where all I have hundreds of free recipes, hundreds of free recipes, AIP paleo and keto recipes, plus AIP paleo keto mashup recipes, and they're all on the blog um, at thecastawaykitchen.com. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much for this. I love talking to you, and happy birthday. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Thank you so much to Christina for coming on the podcast. I always have so much fun whenever I get to chat with her. And I love this conversation. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. Make sure you check out her book, Made Whole. It is truly incredible. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. Her handle is The Castaway Kitchen. And you can find all of her delicious recipes on thecastawaykitchen.com. 
so much good stuff. Make sure you let her know if you enjoyed this episode. Tell her that you loved it. And if you love the show and want to help me out, I would really, really appreciate it if you left a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you told people about the podcast, that helps me spread the word. And make sure you join our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, to meet other like-minded individuals. That's all I have for you this week. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing day. And I'll talk to you again next time. Bye.